Chapter 8 of The Abbot's Ghost. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jacqueline Provo. The Abbot's Ghost, or Maurice Treherne's Temptation, by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter 8 Jasper. She led them to the North Gallery and pausing at the door said merrily the ghost or ghosts rather for there were two which frightened patty were sir jasper and myself meeting to discuss certain important matters which concern mr treherne if you want to see spirits we will play phantom for you and convince you of our power good let us go and have a ghostly dance as a proper finale of our revel answered rose as they flocked into the long hall at that moment the great clock struck twelve, and all paused to bid the old year adieu. Sir Jasper was the first to speak, for, angry with Mrs. Snowdon, yet thankful to her for making a jest to others of what had been earnest to him, he desired to hide his chagrin under a gay manner, and taking Rose around the waist, was about to waltz away, as she proposed, saying cheerily, "'Come one and all, and dance the new year in,' when a cry from Octavia arrested him, and turning he saw her stand, pale and trembling, pointing to the far end of the hall. Eight narrow Gothic windows pierced either wall of the north gallery. A full moon sent her silvery light strongly in upon the eastern side, making broad bars of brightness across the floor. No fires burned there now, and wherever the moonlight did not fall, deep shadows lay." As Octavia cried out, all looked, and all distinctly saw a tall, dark figure moving noiselessly across the second bar of light far down the hall. "'Is it some jest of yours?' said Sir Jasper of Mrs. Snowdon, as the form vanished in the shadows. "'No, upon my honour, I know nothing of it. I only meant to relieve Octavia's superstitious fears by showing her our pranks,' was the whispered reply as Mrs. Snowdon's cheek paled and she drew nearer to Jasper." "'Who is there?' called Treherne, in a commanding tone. No answer, but a faint, cold breath of air seemed to sigh along the arched roof, and die away as the dark figure crossed the third streak of moonlight. A strange awe fell upon them all, and no one spoke, but stood watching for the appearance of the shape. Nearer and nearer it came, with soundless steps, and as it reached the sixth window its outlines were distinctly visible, a tall, wasted figure— all in black, with a rosary hanging from the girdle, and a dark beard half-concealing the face. "'The abbot's ghost, and very well got up,' said Anon, trying to laugh, but failing decidedly, for again the cold breath swept over them, causing a general shudder. "'Hush!' whispered Treherne, drawing Octavia to his side with a protecting gesture. Once more the phantom appeared and disappeared, and as they waited for it to cross the last bar of light that lay between it and them, Mrs. Snowdon stepped forward to the edge of the shadow in which they stood, as if to confront the apparition alone. Out of the darkness it came, and in the full radiance of the light it paused. Mrs. Snowdon, being nearest, saw the face first, and uttering a faint cry, dropped down upon the stone floor, covering up her eyes. Nothing human ever wore a look like that, of the ghastly, hollow-eyed, pale-lipped countenance below the hood. All saw it, and held their breath, as it slowly raised a shadowy arm and pointed a shriveled finger at Sir Jasper. 
speak whatever you are or i'll quickly prove whether you are man or spirit cried jasper fiercely stepping forward as if to grasp the extended arm that seemed to menace him alone an icy gust swept through the hall and the phantom slowly receded into the shadow jasper sprang after it but nothing crossed the second stream of light and nothing remained in the shade like one possessed by a sudden fancy he rushed down the gallery to find all fast and empty and to return looking very strangely blanche had fainted away and anon was bearing her out of the hall rose was clinging to mrs snowdon and octavia leaned against her cousin saying in a fervent whisper thank god it did not point at you am i then dearer than your brother he whispered back there was no audible reply but one little hand involuntarily pressed his though the other was outstretched towards jasper who came up white and startled but firm and quiet affecting to make light of it he said forcing a smile as he raised mrs snowdon it is some stupid joke of the servants let us think no more of it come edith this is not like your usual self it was nothing human jasper you know it as well as i oh why did i bring you here to meet the warning phantom that haunts your house nay if my time is near the spirit would have found me out wherever i might be i have no faith in that absurd superstition i laugh at and defy it come down and drink my health and wine from the abbot's own cellar but no one had heart for further gaiety and finding lady treherne already alarmed by anon they were forced to tell her all and find their own bewilderment deepened by her unalterable belief in the evil omen at her command the house was searched the servants cross-questioned and every effort made to discover the identity of the apparition all in vain the house was as usual and not a man or maid but turned pale at the idea of entering the gallery at midnight at my lady's request all promised to say no more upon the mystery and separated at last to such sleep as they could enjoy very grave were the faces gathered about the breakfast-table next morning, and very anxious the glances cast on Sir Jasper as he came in, late as usual, looking uncommonly blithe and well. Nothing serious ever made a deep impression on his mercurial nature. Treherne had more the air of a doomed man, being very pale and worn, in spite of an occasional gleam of happiness as he looked at Octavia. He haunted Jasper like a shadow all the morning— much to that young gentleman's annoyance for both his mother and sister hung about him with faces of ill-dissembled anxiety by afternoon his patience gave out and he openly rebelled against the tender guard kept over him ringing for his horse he said decidedly i'm bored to death with the solemnity which pervades the house to-day so i'm off for a brisk gallop before i lose my temper and spirits altogether come with me in the pony carriage jasper i have not had a drive with you for a long while and should enjoy it so much said my lady detaining him mrs snowdon looks as if she needed air to revive her roses and the pony carriage is just the thing for her so i will cheerfully resign my seat to her he answered laughing as he forced himself from his mother's hand take the girls and the clarence we all want a breath of air and you are the best whip we know be gallant and say yes dear no thank you tavi that won't do rose and blanche are both asleep and you are dying to go and do likewise after your vigils last night as a man and a brother i beg you'll do so and let me ride as i like 
"'Suppose you ask Anon to join you,' began Treherne, with well-assumed indifference. But Sir Jasper frowned and turned sharply on him, saying, half petulantly, half jocosely, "'Upon my life, I should think I was a boy or a baby by the manner in which you mount guard over me to-day.' "'If you think I'm going to live in daily fear of some mishap, you are all much mistaken.' Ghost or no ghost, I shall make merry while I can. A short life and a jolly one has always been my motto, you know. So fare you well till dinner-time. They watched him gallop down the avenue, and then went their different ways, still burdened with a nameless foreboding. Octavia strolled into the conservatory, thinking to refresh herself with the balmy silence which pervaded the place. But Anon soon joined her, full of a lover's hopes and fears. Miss Treherne, I have ventured to come for my answer. Is my new year to be blissful or a sad one? He asked eagerly. Forgive me if I give you an unwelcome reply, but I must be true and so regretfully refuse the honor you do me, she said sorrowfully. May I ask why? Because I do not love you. And you do love your cousin, he cried angrily, pausing to watch her half-averted face. So turned it fully toward him and answered with her native sincerity yes i do with all my heart and now my mother will not thwart me for maurice has saved my life and i am free to devote it all to him happy man i wish i had been a cripple cried anon then with a manful effort to be just and generous he added heartily say no more he deserves you i want no sacrifice to duty i yield and go away praying heaven to bless you now and always he kissed her hand and left her to seek my lady and make his adieus, for no persuasion could keep him. Leaving a note for Sir Jasper, he hurried away, to the great relief of Treherne and the deep regret of Blanche, who, however, lived in hopes of another trial later in the season. "'Here comes Jasper, Mama, safe and well,' cried Octavia an hour or two later, as she joined her mother on the terrace, where my lady had been pacing restlessly to and fro nearly ever since her son rode away. With a smile of intense relief, she waved her handkerchief as he came clattering up the drive, and seeing her, he answered with hat in hand. He usually dismounted at the great hall door, but a sudden whim made him ride along the wall that lay below the terrace, for he was a fine horseman, and Mrs. Snowden was looking from her window. As he approached, the peacocks fled screaming, and one flew up just before the horse's eyes as his master was in the act of dismounting spirited creature was startled sprang part way up the low broad steps of the terrace and being sharply checked slipped fell and man and horse rolled down together never did those who heard it forget the cry that left lady treherne's lips as she saw the fall it brought out both guests and servants to find octavia recklessly struggling with the frightened horse and my lady down upon the steps with her son's bleeding head in her arms they bore in the senseless, shattered body, and for hours tried everything that skill and sciences could devise to save the young man's life. But every effort was in vain, and as the sun set, Sir Jasper lay dying. Conscious at last, and able to speak, he looked about him with a troubled glance, and seemed struggling with some desire that overmastered pain and held death at bay. "'I want Maurice,' he feebly said at length." "'Dear lad, I'm here,' answered his cousin's voice from a seat in the shadow of the half-drawn curtains. "'Always near when I need you. Many a scrape have you helped me out of. But this is beyond your power. 
and a faint smile passed over Jasper's lips as the past flitted before his mind, but the smile died and a groan of pain escaped him as he cried suddenly, Quick! Let me tell it before it is too late. Maurice never will, but bear the shame all his life that my dead name may be untarnished. Bring Edith, she must hear the truth. She was soon there and lying in his mother's arms, one hand in his cousin's and one on his sister's bent head. Jasper rapidly told the secret which had burdened him for a year. I did it. I forged my uncle's name when I had lost so heavily at play that I dared not tell my mother or squander more of my own fortune. I deceived Maurice and let him think the check a genuine one. I made him present it and get the money, and when all went well I fancied I was safe, but my uncle discovered it secretly and said nothing, and believing Maurice the forger disinherited him. I never knew this till the old man died, and then it was too late. I confessed to Maurice, and he forgave me. He said, I am helpless now, shut out from the world, with nothing to lose or gain, and soon to be forgotten by those who once knew me. So let the suspicion of shame, if any such there be, still cling to me, and do you go your way, rich, happy, honorable, and untouched by any shadow on your fame. Mother, I let him do it, unconscious as he was that many knew the secret sin and fancied him the doer of it. Hush, Jasper, let it pass. I can bear it. I promised your dear father to be your staunch friend through life, and I have only kept my word. God knows you have, but now my life ends, and I cannot die till you are cleared. Edith, I told you half the truth, and you would have used it against him had not some angel sent this girl to touch your heart. You have done your part to atone for the past. Now let me do mine. Mother, Tavy loves him. He has risked life and honor for me. Repay him generously and give him this. With feeble touch, Sir Jasper tried to lay his sister's hand in Treherne's as he spoke. Mrs. Snowden helped him, and as my lady bowed her head in silent acquiescence, a joyful smile shone on the dying man's face. One more confession, and then I am ready, he said, looking up into the face of the woman whom he had loved with all the power of a shallow nature. It was a jest to you, Edith, but it was bitter earnest to me, for I loved you, sinful as it was. Ask your husband to forgive me, and tell him it was better I should die than live tomorrow a good man's peace. Kiss me once, and make him happy for my sake. She touched his cold lips with remorseful tenderness, and in the same breath registered a vow to obey that dying prayer. Tavi, dear, Maurice, my brother, God bless you both. Good-bye, mother. He will be a better son than I have been to you. Then the reckless spirit of the man surviving to the last, Sir Jasper laughed faintly as he seemed to beckon some invisible shape and died, saying gaily, Now, Father Abbot, lead on, I'll follow you. A year later, three weddings were celebrated on the same day and in the same church. Maurice Treherne, a well man, led up his cousin. Frank Anon rewarded Blanche's patient siege by an unconditional surrender, and, to the infinite amusement of Mrs. Grundy, Major Royston publicly confessed himself outgeneraled by Mary Rose. <laughs> The triple wedding feast was celebrated at Treherne Abbey, and no uncanny visitor marred its festivities, for never again was the North Galley haunted by the ghostly abbot. End of chapter 8 Recording by Jacqueline Provo, Richmond, Virginia
End of the Abbot's Ghost or Maurice Treherne's Temptation